apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Talking with R and J, I am Steve Risser, along with along with Justin D'Onofrio, and we have a special Friday edition of Sports Talk with R and J this week. And we will start with what ha- with what happened last night. Week eight kicked off last night with the Bucks and the Bills. The Bills winning twenty four to eighteen over the Bucks, and and the Bills pretty much controlled the game. Yes, Josh Allen had that bad interception in the uh, in, in the second quarter. The Bills pretty much controlled the game. Bucks scored a late touchdown. They did have a chance at the end, but Bills go to five and three. Bucks go to three and four. I think we know what the Bucs are. They're a below-average team with a with a bad head coach and a journeyman quarterback. So we know what the Bucs are. But the biggest mystery of this NFL – one of the biggest mysteries of this NFL season is who are the Buffalo Bills? Are they a Super Bowl contender or are they a team that can miss the playoffs? Early on, they look like a, a – week. no, we'll go back to week one. They kind of look like a team that might miss the playoffs. They lost the Jets with Zach Wilson. Then they ripped off three straight wins, and they looked like one of the best teams in the AFC. Then they, But then the last three weeks – uh, they go out to London. They lose to the Jaguars. They beat the Giants, but barely. And uh, and uh, and they, they lose to the they lose to the Patriots. I mean, the last four weeks, the last four weeks, they lose to the Patriots. And then last night, they hold on to beat the Bucks. So the big question with the Bills right now is, and we've and they have been Super Bowl contenders the last three years. But the big question is, is are they Super Bowl contenders this year? And even even with the loss they've had on defense with Matt Milano and Tredavious White. 
Uh, I still think they, they are because of the quarterback they have. Josh Allen is still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he's healthy right now. I think he's playing banged up. He injured his shoulder again last night. Uh, their running game is very inconsistent, but they still have the, probably one of the best com, one of the best uh, combos in the league with, with uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Their defense is not great because we saw that last week with Mac Jones driving on the field to beat them. So their defense isn't great, but it's still pretty good. So I would say yes. I would say the Bills are Super Bowl contenders. I'm going to say no right now. Ooh. With all the injuries they have defensively, I could see this team being nine and eight, ten and seven, because you look their upcoming schedule. They got at Cincinnati, who's starting to play better coming up next week. They got the Broncos to win that. The Jets at home, at Eagles before a bye, where they play the Chiefs on the road, home against Dallas. They play the Chargers. Like that's not an easy schedule. And right now, like unless they make some moves, you know, this trade deadline coming up on Tuesday, I, I could see, uh, you know, and, and Hector's. Comments here, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo struggle on the road. Yeah, they did not play well last week in New England. They woke up kind of late there. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones was able to come back with that game winning drive there late. But right now, yeah, I think Buffalo is like a nine, eight, ten, and seven team. And I don't think they're winning three straight games to get to the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna count them out. I still think they, they I know the coach is kind of in question there. I mean, he's he's he might be on the hot seat for the way they've been playing this year. But the quarterback is still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And with him healthy, I still think they they contend for Super Bowl. Yeah, they might not win that division, but I still think they get into the playoffs. I know their schedule is tough. So I, I still think they get into the playoffs. And if you get into the tournament, you never know. So even though they haven't been playing well, I still say they are Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I could see that happening. Absolutely. You know, again, like, could this Josh Allen injury? Because, yeah, he, I, I'm with you. He's definitely not healthy. There's throws that he usually makes that he's not at the moment. You know, this could maybe linger on all year, like something where like in the offseason, it's like, OK, he needed, sur- you know, he's playing through something where he needs surgery. Like, I think, you know, that could be a possibility. I also they're so bad on third and short too, or like near the red zone. They're so bad in those areas. And they punted four times last or last night in the fourth quarter, or late third quarter, fourth quarter, all in Bucks territory. Yeah, like. I, I really don't think, you know, like, I think they really miss Dayball as a play caller right now. I don't think Ken Dorsey's doing that great of a job. Like, and we've seen this team kind of fizzle out in the postseason. And I know, th- you know, they're not kind of built to play in Buffalo in January. But, you know, I, I still, I still, like, this team really hasn't proved it to me yet, really, in the playoffs. And now you might have to go win a couple on the road where they've struggled to kind of take care of business at home at times. I don't, you know, I, I, I could, yeah, with Josh, if you give me a healthy Josh Allen in the month of January, maybe. But right now, I just don't see it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, they still got to play Cincinnati. They play Cincinnati next week. They still got Kansas City. They still got Philly. They still got Dallas on that schedule. So it's a, it's a tough, it's definitely, and they still got to go to Miami. So it's, yeah, their next, their next nine games are going to be very, are going to be, it's a tough schedule. So yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Phils. I just have, I just have faith that Josh. I just, I just, I just think that Josh Allen is going to be able to get to be able to at least figure out a way to get into the playoffs. And once, and I, in my opinion, once you get in the tournament, you have a chance. So I do think they are contenders. But we'll see what happens in the coming weeks with the Bills. But we will move on to the battle of New York between the Jets and the Giants. And uh, I, this is a very interesting game between these two teams. It looks like it, 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 it is that Daniel Jones is not going to play this week again. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor. We'll see about Andrew Thomas. We'll see about uh, 
Wondell Robinson. We'll see about uh, Darren Waller. Uh, and then on, on the other side for the Jets, I mean, they look like they're going to have DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner back. So I, this is going to be a low-scoring game. The weather's going to be good, actually, at MetLife on Sunday. But it's gonna, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Seeing the way both defenses are playing, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that uh, the, the, the team that runs the football better and the team that forces more turnovers is going to win the game. And I think that team's going to be the Giants. I do think the Jets, the one week, this is the Jets' defense, is their run defense. You saw Dallas run the ball well against them. You saw Kansas City run the ball well against them. You saw New England run the ball well against them. I know I know they've done a good job stopping the run in recent weeks, but the, the, the Jet defense, that is the one weakness of the Jet defense. So I do think the Jets take one of a pretty good game on the ground. I do think Taylor will manage this game, and I do think the Giants' defense is going to force a turnover or two from Zach Wilson, and I think that's ultimately going to be the difference in the game. Because I, because I think the Giants come out with this win. I think it comes right down to the end with the ball in Zach Wilson's hands and them not getting it done. I got the Giants winning this game 17-13 over the Jets. But, Justin, can the Jets' defense carry them to their third straight win? I get the Giants as well, 20-17. Uh, I thought last week they, they you know, Giants did play better. Um, especially defensively, I know, you know, in the offense, I know they only scored 14 points, but I, I thought the offense did look, you know, better than it has. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, with Wilson, with Zach Wilson, they, the Jets really haven't put him in much of a situation right now, or, you know, last week he didn't really turn on the football over. Like they're trying to kind of, you know, you know, he's been limiting more of the mistakes, but yeah, I think the Giants are able to do enough on the ground game. I think the Jets are going to get after Tyrod Taylor more than likely, who's probably going to be the starting quarterback. Um, and, you know, they got like Jalen Hyatt. The Giants got Hyatt involved last week. Like, I think maybe the, Gi- the Giants are starting to play a little bit better. I know three and three, like if the Jets took going three, three and three on in the um, going into the bye week with even Aaron Rodgers, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself. Um, but I think the Giants kind of figured something out. And I, I think they find a way yet again this week at home to knock off uh, the Jets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this defense has played really, really well. I mean, they played really well in Buffalo, and they played really well last week. And, you know, they played pretty well against Seattle. They forced turnovers against Miami. With this, I think they're, this defense is figuring it out. I mean, their pass rush was really good last week with, with Thibodeau, with Lawrence, with Leonard Williams. O'Karakee's been playing great. Uh, Deontay Banks has been playing great. So this defense has played really well, really well. But I'm going to say one thing about this game. If it if it if one of these teams is up by more than a field goal with two minutes to go left in the game, that team's going to win because neither one of these quarterbacks is going to is going to lead a game winning drive. If, if 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 say the Giants like I think the Giants are up 17-13 late, uh, I think with two minutes to go they're going to win the game. If the Jets are up like you know twenty to sixteen late, they're going to win the game. It's really whatever team has the lead late is probably going to win this football game because neither of these quarterbacks are going to lead a game winning drive. If, if if you need a if you need to score to win the game, neither of these neither of these quarterbacks are going to get are, are going to get it done. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, like I don't trust either of these quarterbacks. Maybe Will, Zach Wilson throws up a ball and Garrett Wilson makes an unbelievable catch. That's about like the only kind of thing I would see, um, or the only chance like one of those two quarterbacks have a chance here to to lead a game winning drive. Because yeah, both quarterbacks I I just don't trust right now. And you know I know the Giants' offensive line probably played their best game last week. You know, Tyra Taylor had a little bit more time than he's had of late. And, you know, it's going to be tough. I think, cause yeah, you know, you mentioned to the Giants pass rush. Like, yeah, I think both quarterbacks, like, you know, they got to drive down the field. I don't know how much time their offensive line is going to give, give them to uh, make, 
you know, to to um, let one of the, some of those wide receivers get deep and try to make a big play. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see we'll see what happens there. And uh, it, yeah, this should be a really really competitive game between these two teams. It should be a fun game between these two teams with the Battle of New York this week. But the, another question with the Giants right now is 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 Daniel Jones, and uh, we know he's going to miss this week. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter. Uh, the, the big question with Daniel Jones is is when he's ready to should should he be the starter when he's ready to play? And I definitely think he should. I definitely think he should. Yeah, everybody says you know Tyrod Taylor's playing well, playing well. He's done a really good job managing the game. But the Giants have only scored twenty three points in two weeks. I definitely Daniel Jones put up thirty one and a half this year. So. I definitely think Jones should be the starter. I don't even think it should really be a conversation. I know people have been talking about it. I don't think it should really be a conversation. But we, I, I just wanted to bring it up. I definitely think Jones should be the starter when he's ready to play. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. Um, yeah, you know, I know the Giants, you know, they did win last week. But, like, it's not like this offense is world beaters right now. Like, it's still – it's still really a work in progress, I think. Yeah, Tyrod. But, like, yeah, Tyrod, you know, he's a – good back like he's a d you know he's a good backup quarterback you know he's you know he won't make too many mistakes he'll keep you into it and yeah you mentioned you know he's a game manager and yeah with jones coming back again you have your i know it's only you know you could you know you could get out of that contract in two years of the year of the giants but you're paying him Daniel jones 40 million dollars a year you, you know you i i you know if healthy i don't think you could you could keep him out unless if he's really really bad and just it's absolutely costing you games, which I know he hasn't been great this year, but it hasn't been all on him. So I'm I, I agree with you. You know, Daniel Jones right now is still the better option. Absolutely, absolutely. Should be an interesting game between the Jets and Giants this week. A game I think I think that the Giants definitely have to win. I think the Jets have to too, if they want to get wild card spots. But we'll move on to an AFC East matchup in my in Miami as the Patriots coming off a win last week face the Dolphins. Coming off a loss last week, so Two and five Patriots, five and two Dolphins in Miami. Dolphins trying to beat the two are trying to beat the Patriots for the sixth straight time. Uh, and I think this game, I think, I think this game isn't that close. I, I know I, I think that uh I think Tua has a big day. I know Jalen Waddle won't play, but this is the Dolphins at home. They've not been held under even they've not been held under 30 points at home all year long. They put up 70 against the Broncos, uh 40, 41 against 42 against the Panthers, and then 31 against the Giants. They have not been held under uh, 30 points. In a home game this year, and I think it's the same thing on Sunday. The Patriots, you know what happens when they go down to Miami. They struggle. I think they struggle again. I think Tua has a big game. He throws two or three touchdown passes. I do think Mac Jones competes in this game. He throws a touchdown pass or two, but I do think the Dolphins force a turnover or two for Mac Jones. I think this game isn't as close as the final score. I think that they made the Patriots score a late touchdown. And I got the Dolphins and Tua. I got Tua beating the Pats for the sixth straight time. I got the Dolphins winning 34-20. to over the Patriots, but Justin, can Mac Jones and the Patriots get revenge for what happened in week two? I don't think they do this week. I think they keep it close. So I got the Dolphins 27 to 20. Um, you know, last week, Bill O'Brien, I thought, called his best game of the year. Mac Jones, you know, that looks like make, rookie year Mac Jones. Michael Owanu moving over to right tackle. That offensive line played really, really well last week. Um, they finally got Pop Douglas involved. You know, Kendrick Bourne had a couple of pe- catches. Again, that's what happens when you finally get some receivers that are that can get open. I know Buffalo played a ton of zone, but you know, like Mac Jones was able to kind of make some plays last week because guys actually got open for him. Miami's defense is not world beaters, and it. I know Adam Schefter tweeted out yesterday that 
you know, Ramsey's going to play, but Ramsey kind of said, I, I don't know where you're getting that information from. Maybe Ramsey's trying really to pull a wild. fast one, but yeah. it doesn't sound like, you know, corner Ramsey, I don't think he's going to give it a go. I know, like, how healthy is Tyreek Hill right now? Like, I think, you know, Kirsten Gonzalez did a great job on Hill week two. He's not, you know, obviously he's out for the remainder of the year. He won't be playing. But I think the Patriots will limit the big play. And I think they try to kind of control the clock in this one. Miami's defense is not great. Like, I think Mac Jones does play well again. And I think that's a huge – and I think it's a huge confidence booster for him after last week where people are walking in that stadium with bags over the head saying some, you know, will not say it on the air, but on, on their shirt about Mac Jones. Like, that that was a big game for him to kind of quiet the, you know, benching Mac kind of fans out there. But, look, I, I think they keep this thing close. I know they really showed the Miami. Even when Tom Brady was there, they they always felt, you know, always found a way to lose Miami. I think they keep it close. I think last week was kind of like a, hey, you know, I don't think they're as bad as they were against Dallas and New Orleans, but I don't think they're as great as last week. I think they're somewhere in the middle. And I do think they'll keep this thing close. Yeah, last week proved that they weren't one of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, they, and last week also proved that Mac Jones has a chance to be a franchise quarterback in this league. You saw that throw on third and eight when Epinesa was in his face. That throw to Gusecki, that was a humongous throw. That's a that's a big boy throw right there. That's a, that's a humongous throw. So last week proved that the Patriots aren't the worst team in football and that Mac Jones does have a chance, has still has, still has a chance to be the guy there. It's a small chance, but he's still has a chance to be the guy there. Yeah, he has a small chance. Again, you know, I, they finally kind of tailed the offense a little bit more. Like, I thought O'Brien with the screen plays, I thought they did a good job of making sure Mac, they, um, they're running routes where Mac could get the ball out quickly. And, yeah, you know, and, again, they didn't beat themselves last week. That's something they've been doing all year. You know, even, like, Mac, I know that one kind of strict um, sack that, they did that, that he had. That, that, they did have that fumble, though. Yeah, they did. That was, you know, that board fumble was costly. But, like, other than that, they didn't really beat themselves. I don't think they had any false starts, but they've had a ton the last the first couple of weeks. So yeah, you know, I thought they were a lot better last week. I thought Mac, you know, they just didn't beat themselves offensively and they got off to a nice fast 10 nothing start. Like the last time they they started that fast was probably the Thanksgiving game last year against the Vikings. I don't recall a faster start since then. So that's kind of what happens, and they kind of slowed in. And I think the defense got confidence there. And yeah, you know, Mac still has a chance. It's small. But, yeah, you know, that was huge for him to kind of prove it to everybody that he's got, you know, that there's something still left and something you can kind of work with there. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll move on to the, one of the biggest games of the weekend, and we got the Bengals facing the Niners. It looks like Brock Purdy's not going to play. It's going to be Sam Darnold. But I do think the difference in this game is going to be is the 49ers are going to run the ball much better than the Bengals will. I think McCaffrey's going to have a huge day on the ground, and I think that's going to set up play action for Sam Darnold. I think he throws a couple touchdown passes. I think he does a good job. Uh, in, in Brock Purdy's place this week. And I do think the pressure the uh, Niners are going to put on Joe Burrow is going to force a turnover. And that's why I got the Niners winning this game 24-20 to over the Bengals. But, Justin, can Burrow hand the Niners their third straight loss? No, I don't think he does this week. I got the Niners as well, 24-16. to um, You know, I know the Niners' defense last, you know, against the Vikings Monday night was not very good. And the the Niners are so good on third down, especially third and long. And Kirk Cousins made some big plays on you know on third down. I think this Niners team is even without Brock Purdy. I think they're too talented to lose three straight games. I'm with you. I think um, the way the Bengals they really struggle to run the football. I think the Niners kind of slow that down. I think Mert Burrow will make some plays. They're coming off the bye. 
I still don't know how mobile he is. Like, I, you know, if the Niners can get pressure on him, which I think they will, um, you know, I think they could struggle to, to kind of move the ball here. And I think Sam Darnold plays well enough under Kyle Shanahan. They went after him like the first day of the free agency. So, you know, I think with Kyle Shanahan, I think he tailors the game plan well enough for Sam Darnold to be successful. And I think they make more plays than the Bengals this week. We got a matchup in Jerry World as the Rams head to Jerry World to face the Cowboys. And I think McVay kind of keeps this close early. I think I think he schemes some stuff up. He gets the ball to Nakua. They, they run the ball pretty well early in the game. But I think the problem is going to be late in the game because I do think Dak's, Dak's going to have a good game too. I think they're going to be – Cowboys going to be able to run the ball. I think Dak throws a couple of touchdown passes. But I do think – I think the difference in this game is, is Dak won't make the mistakes that Stafford make. I think Stafford's going to make some mistakes late in this game that are going to, that, that is going to hurt the Rams. And that's why I got the Cowboys going to 5-2. and two. I got the Cowboys beating the Rams 30-20. to 20. But, Justin, can McVay go to Jerry World and lead the Rams to an upset win? Uh, it's going to be difficult. Um, I got the Cowboys 24-20 to 20 here. I think the Rams offensively have been way – they were way too predictable, I thought, last week. It felt like every time on first and second down, they were in the football, and it kind of forced them to be third and long. And um, they got to be – I and I know McVay loves to, like, establish that running game, but – you know, you got to be a little bit better. You know, you got to be a little bit more unpredictable there on first and second down. They can do that. I could see them having some success there because Dallas secondary, you know, they showed a little bit without Trevion Diggs. Um, you know, there's it's still solid defense. You know, I think Cooper Cup could have a pretty good game. And I think they could scheme something up for him. Um, they may have difficulty slowing him down, but I think the Cowboys offense is just going to be able to do a little bit too much. And uh, the nine, or the Rams won't be able to keep up with keep up with the Cowboys. NFC East matchup in Landover, Maryland, as the Eagles travel to Landover to face the Commanders. And I don't think this game is close. I think that Jay, I know the first meeting was close. I don't think this meeting will be close. I think Jalen Rams, I think, uh, I think uh, Jalen Hurts has a good game. I think that uh, DeAndre Swift has a good game on the ground. I think they get a lot of pressure on Sam Howell. They force some turnovers on Sam Howell. And I don't think Jonathan Allen's message is going to work this week. I think that there's, I've heard, heard reports that the Redskins, that the I mean, commander players are, uh, that are not happy with Ron Rivera. And I think the issues continue this week. I got the Eagles winning this one big. I got to win it at 30 to 13, but Justin, you got the commanders giving the Eagles another game. Always do. Like I know that right now the commanders out locker room, there's a lot of things going wrong and yeah, they, they, you know, if they do get blown out this week, I think this could be the final straw there for, uh, Ron Rivera, you know, in his day in Washington here. But, look, they just – they always do. And I and I know Hurts was not listed on the injury report yesterday, but he was not healthy Sunday. He came out in that second half with that knee brace on his left knee. I'm not I, – I don't totally buy that he's 100% right now. Maybe he will be, but I have to see it for Sunday. You know, if Sam Howell – can kind of get rid of the ball quickly. They can if they can kind of establish somewhat of a running game. I know the enemy has not really done that much at all this year. But if they can do that, they always play the Eagles tough. I think they'll be able to kind of keep this game close. I think the the commanders will have some success um you know offensively moving the ball. Can they make enough stops? I just I don't think they will and I think the Eagles talent is just going to be a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah, I think the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles are the better team. I think they're going to they're clearly the better team. I think they're going to prove that on Sunday. But we got an AFC matchup in uh, in Pittsburgh as the Jaguars face the Steelers, and I think this is a really competitive game between these two teams. But I think the difference in this game is going to be I think Jacksonville is going to run the football a little bit better, and I think and, and obviously Jacksonville has the, has the better quarterback. I think that Trevor Lawrence has a pretty good game. I think he throws a couple touchdown passes. 
And I do think the Jaguar defense forces a turnover or two against Kenny Pickett, and they contain Najee Harris on the ground. And that's why I got the Jaguars going to six and two, winning this game. I got them winning it 24 to 19 over the Steelers. But Justin can Pickett lead the Steelers to their fourth straight win. Now I got Jacksonville not, uh, knocking them off this weekend, 24 to 17. Um, both teams kind of survived last week. You know, Jacksonville on that Thursday night, the Saints, the Steelers got very fortunate to knock off um, the Rams last Sunday. They're, 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 you know, Patrick Goffin is just so brutal to watch right now. It just kind of feels like let's just throw it up to George Pickens and see if he can make a play. I'm not a big, like Matt Canada was never great at any of his college stops. Like, you know, I, I, I he's not, you know, I don't think he's a great offensive coordinator. We've kind of been seeing it. Um, and I just think that, you know, and I think this week, again, they kind of struggle to get anything going against the Jacksonville defense, who is very good at stopping the run. Um, you know, maybe we get some screens from Jalen Warren, catches a couple screens, maybe has a couple of big plays. But I think they, I think Jacksonville is able to kind of limit George Pickens enough. I think Pickett makes a couple interceptions this game. And I'll take Jacksonville to go on the road and knock off Pittsburgh. We have an NFC North matchup in, in Green Bay as the Vikings travel to Green Bay to face the Packers. And I think this is, again, a close divisional game that comes down to the end. But I'm going to take the better quarterback here. I, I, I think both teams are going to struggle to run the football. I think, both, I think both teams could turn the ball over once or twice. But I'm going to take the better quarterback here and the better defense. It's crazy I'm saying the Vikings have a better defense than the Packers. But the way Brian Flores' defense is played, it is. And I'm going to take the better quarterback and better defense. I got the Packers beating the Vikings 23 23 to 17, but Justin, can uh, Jordan Love help the Packers snap their three-game losing streak? No, if you can't move the ball against Denver's future defense, I don't know. But, you know, I know Vikings and Brian Ford, the way that he's got this defense going, um, I got the Vikings this one, 21 to 17. Um, I, I think, you know, the Vikings defense has been phenomenal. Ford's done a great job. He's fixed it quicker than I thought. I know they're coming off a very physical game against the Niners. Um and I think Jordan Love yet again makes a couple interceptions. I think the Vikings are going to get after him, and I think he'll make some mistakes in this game. And the the, the Packers too have kind of gone off to some slow starts, and I don't think that's going to help him. And um and Hunter and um Daniel Hunter, he's I know he's probably not going to win Defense Player of the Year just because of some the other you know T.J. Watt, you got um Micah Parsons, and yeah, so but you know he's a guy that. He's already got nine sacks. Like he's a guy that should be in that conversation for the way he's been playing this year. Um, but I love that the Vikings defense right now is playing well. I think Cousin makes enough plays. And right now it's the Packers, LaFleur. I know a couple weeks ago we talked, you know, who is better, Campbell or LaFleur. And I kind of tried to stand up for LaFleur, and that was a dumb mistake by me. He's he's horrendous, and I he, he's so bad. Um, there's just been no adjustments all year. And I got the Packers – I mean, I got the Vikings win another one and right back in the playoff conversation. We got in. He got an interconference matchup in Tennessee as Will Levis, the pride of Connecticut. We grew up in Middletown. We grew up in Madison, Connecticut. Played at uh, played at Middletown. Uh, he he'll, he'll be he'll get his first NFL start against the Falcons. I don't know if I don't know if he's going to start, but he's definitely going to play against the Falcons this week. And, but for this game, I feel like Atlanta controls this game. This is a game that's, that Atlanta controls on the ground with B. John Robinson. I don't think Ritter makes mistakes. I think the defense for the Falcons forced a couple turnovers from Levis and, and Malik Willis. And I got the Falcons going to five and three. I got them winning this game 20 to 13 over the Titans. But can the Titans snap their can the Titans snap their three game lose? But Justin, can a bye week help the Titans snap their three game losing streak? 
Yeah, I think I get I get Titans in this one, seventeen to fourteen. Um, coming off the bye, I think you know if Love Love is played in this one, I think you know they put them in a spot where it's successful, quick passes, um, just try and get the ball out quickly in this one. You know, and I think Derrick Henry could have a big, you know, could have a big run here to kind of you know early on to help kind of boost that offense early. And I think their defense. I know their defense. The Titans defense has been good against the run. I know they've struggled in the secondary. You know, Ritter definitely has been throwing the ball better, but the red zone kind of woes there. The two fumbles last week, like, they got to clean up in the red zone. I think they have another turnover in there this week. And I think, you know, Variable is a home dog. You know, usually this is a game he he's pretty good at pulling out here. I know, you know, Arthur Smith is former OC. There's a lot of film, film, familiarity with both um, coaches. And I think at home, Tennessee finds a way to, to – uh, Knock off Atlanta. Another matchup where the uh, the NFC South is playing the AFC is playing the AFC South, and we got uh, the Saints traveling to Indy to face the Colts. And I think this game is close and competitive, but I do think the Saints do a good job containing the run game of the Colts, which will force Minshew to turn the ball over a couple times. And I do think that Kamara has a pretty good game on the ground too. I think I think Carr manages the game. I think the Saints get get to four and four. They win this one 24 to 17. But Justin, can Indy's run game run them to their fourth straight win for, to, to their fourth win of the season? Yeah, I get the Colts in this one as well. Or I get the Colts 23 to 20. Um, there's a lot of issues right now in New Orleans, you know, kind of, especially with that offense. It's just kind of, you know, um, Carr kind of got into it with the Lave in the first half last week. Um, Carr's just been really just checking everything down. And it's like quick, like it's like within two, three seconds, you know, he's not even really letting his water receivers get downfield. But in the, in, in, I think, you know, Indianapolis will have success on the ground with, um, you know, with, with Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, I think they do a good job on the ground game. And I think uh, Gardner and Andrew makes enough plays. They tore up that Cleveland defense last week and the saints defense. I, you know, last week they weren't really that impressive either. So, I think, you know, Gardner mentioned at home again. I think they find a way to knock off New Orleans. I just, I don't love this team right now. They're not playing well. I think there's some issues. And I think Indianapolis takes advantage of that at home, knocks them off. We got, and again, another <laughs> AFC South versus NFC South matchup as the Texans take on the Panthers this week. And uh, I've got a battle of the, of the two number one picks with Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud. And obviously, I'm going to take the the number the, the top the top pick that's playing better. I'm going to take the number two overall pick, CJ Stroud. I think he I think he does a I think he does a better job protecting the football in this game. He throws a couple touchdown passes. And I do think the Texans defense forces a couple of mistakes from Bryce Young. I don't think the Panthers get their first win this week. I got the Texans going to four and three, being the Panthers, twenty three to sixteen. But Justin, can Bryce Young get his first win against the guy he was taking against the guy he was taking? Against against the guy against the his other the guy that was went number two in in, in his draft class. I'm going to text in 23-21. I see your friend Hector here. He's got the upset alert with the Panthers. Upset and alert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Upset alert I, there. I know Frank Wright gave up his offensive play calling. Maybe that helps Bryce Young out in this one. Um, but I think Stroud's going to have success through the air with, against his defense, and I think Damian Pierce gets it going on the ground. Um, because I know Texans have kind of struggled a bit to get that that running game going um, with Pearson. I think they, they, they play better this week. And, and I, I think Texans moved the four and three coming off a bye. You know, CJ shouts in a really good job protecting the football. I think his offensive line gives him enough time um, to be able to 
do do we find Nico Collins in this game? I think he's got he he'll have a big one. Um, and I think Texans move to uh, four and three this week. We got an you got an interconference matchup in Seattle as the Browns travel all the way to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And I think this is a really really close competitive game between these two teams. I think it's a defensive struggle. I think Seattle's defense has played, definitely played better this year. The play of Devin Witherspoon, the play of Bobby Wagner, definitely made a difference for this defense. I think that, and then we know the Browns' defense. I know they had a rough week last week, but they played really well too. I think it's a defensive struggle. I think there's not a lot of points in this game. But I'm going to take the quarterback I trust more. And I trust Geno Smith more than I trust P.J. Walker. And that's why I'm going to take Seattle to go to 5-2 and two, and the Browns go to 4-3. and three. I got the Seahawks winning this 20-17. to 17. But Justin... Can the Browns' defense carry them to their third straight win? Yeah, I get Cleveland twenty to sixteen in this one. Um, I got Miles Garrett. I think going to have a couple sacks in this game. Geno Smith, I think, holds on the football way too long. I think he, you know, and I, I think you know, Cleveland gets after him. I think that defense, you know, had a, you know, has a bad taste in their mouth after what happened last week. And I think they come out looking for blood. And I, I think Cleveland, um, you know, they're going to force a couple turnovers and. Yeah, P.J. Walker isn't great. I know he played well last week, but I think he does a good job managing the football. I think Sal's defense will make it tough, but I think he protects the football well enough, and I think that Cleveland defense makes a, another kind of huge play in this game and um, really and, and helps Cleveland kind of bounce back this week. And I get Cleveland going up to the 12th man and knocking off. Got an AFC West matchup in Denver. These teams played a couple weeks ago. I think they played like two, like two or three weeks ago. Uh, the Two weeks ago, I think. The Chiefs and the Broncos are playing again. And I think this game's going to be more of a blowout this time. I think Pacheco will have a big day in the ground. Mahomes will throw two or three touchdown passes. I think the Chiefs' defense forces some turnovers from Russell Wilson. And I think this is a blowout. I got the Chiefs winning it 31-13 to over the Broncos. But, Justin, is there any way Wilson can pull off a, a major upset here? I don't think so. I got the Chiefs 27-14. to There's, uh, you know, Wilson, again, their defense stinks. Wilson's just not the same guy anymore. Um, they got a win last week, but their defense – Played better, but it was thanks to Jordan Love last week. Um, and I don't think that's gonna happen this time. You know, I, I think the Chiefs offense, you know, they they could, you know, they're, they're in the first half, they looked really good last week. It's uh the Chargers second half, not so much. But I think that the way the Chiefs defense are playing, I think they I think it's gonna be a hard time for Denver to kind of move the ball in this one. Um, and I, I think Wilson makes a couple turnovers in this one. And I, I think Chiefs win by at least two scores. We got the Ravens traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals, and I think the Ravens win this one easy. I know I mean, Kyler Murray, yes, he practiced this week, but he's not going to play. I think the Ravens win this one easy. I think they run the ball. I think Lamar throws a couple touchdown passes. I think the defense plays really well. I got the Ravens cruising here 34-13, and Justin, I assume you got the same. Yeah, I got Ravens 27-13. to Ravens offense looked awesome last week. I think they scored 21 points before Detroit even got a first down last week. Um, that play action game last week was on point. It kept line. It kept the lines guessing pretty much every single play, and their defense was phenomenal. And you even think like even for the Ravens, that game against Pittsburgh, they could have put up forty. They just had so many drop passes. They had the kind of turnovers in the red zone. Like that game shouldn't have been close either. Like the Ravens really could be sitting here, you know, unde- undefeated at the moment. So I, I got the Ravens going into Arizona and and knocking off um the Cardinals. Yeah, like I think Josh Dobbs. And that team, they'll fight like they have in the first half, but they just don't have the depth to compete for 60 minutes. And now that's what's going to happen this one. And then Baltimore holds away in the second half. All righty. We got a, we got Sunday night football. I don't know why it's a Sunday night game. We got the Bears and the Chargers going at it. I think, I think it doesn't look like Justin Fields is going to play. I think, 
I, I just don't think it's the game Brandon Staley can blow. And I think it's the game the Chargers win going away. I think the Chargers win this one going away 30-10. to 10. I think Herbert has a big game. I think they force some turnovers on defense. I got the Chargers winning this one 30-10 over the Bears. But, Justin, is there any way Brandon Staley could blow this, blow this game for the Chargers? I could, I could see. Yeah, he could totally knowing him, and I get the charges of twenty-eight to seventeen. And if he does blow this, I would think that he's fired on Monday morning or Sunday night. I can't, I can't imagine he survived if they lose this football game. Uh, Tyson Baggett, you know, he played. Um, you know, he had a lot of success. He took what the defense gave him because, for whatever reason, Las Vegas did not blitz at all last week. I think that's a different story with with who the Chargers have up front. And some of the names they got in that secondary, I think it's going to be a much different story. And I think Justin Herbert's going to have a really good game through the air. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. You got, you know, Quentin Johnson kind of got involved a bit, kind of got involved last week. And I think Chargers do enough to slow down the running game. Devontae or Dante Freeman uh, or Foreman had a monster game last week against or against Las Vegas. I don't think he's going to be able to have the same success this week. And I think Chargers won by two scores. We have an interconference matchup on Monday night football in Detroit as the Raiders travel to Detroit to face the Lions. And I think the Lions bounce back in a huge way this week. I think they run the ball well. I think Goff throws two or three touchdown passes. I think they force some turnovers from Jimmy Garoppolo. Looks like he's going to play. The Raiders are a mess right now. They're, they're I only have three wins, but they are a mess. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh. I would be shocked if Josh McDaniels doesn't last the season. I got the Lions winning this game, thirty-four to ten. And here's the big question: If the if the line if the Raiders get blown out here on national television. Could this be it for Josh McDaniels? Probably should. A couple weeks was it the um? I think it was a Patriot game. It was after one of McDaniels. I think um, ended up kicking instead of um, going for it on a fourth and short. Like you could kind of see Davis. Uh, you can lip read his frustrations. Uh, you know, in that in the box. So I wouldn't be surprised they get blown out again. I get the Lions twenty three to thirteen. I think they bounce back big time. Dan Campbell. Um, you know, and I, I think Jimmy G is going to have time. He's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly to avoid Aiden Hutchinson and that Detroit defense. I think that, I think just like kind of Cleveland, the way they played last week, I think they're going to come out um, and just looking to make an absolute, you know, horror, you know, make, making sure trying to make uh, Jimmy G's life look absolutely miserable. And I think they do a good job of that. And I think Detroit bounces back. I think Raiders defense will keep them in it, but I get the Lions winning by uh, 10 points. Yeah, it should, it should be a blowout in Detroit Monday night. But we got the Fall Classic starting tonight. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. 
Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger... There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Begins tonight between <laughs> have an unexpected World Series. We got the Diamondbacks against the Rangers, and uh, and I and you look at the Diamondbacks, stunning everyone. Mad Dog's got to retire. I mean, he said he said he would after after the Diamondbacks won two straight, and they did. They went into Philadelphia, stunned everyone going into Philadelphia and winning two straight. And because you remember being here, being here last week, saying we didn't even think they were going to win a game, and then and then we got the Rangers who uh, who lost three straight at home, but then they ended up. You know, they ended up winning that series against the Astros. So we got the Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. We'll start with the Rangers and what they need to do to win this series. And number one, Garcia's just got to continue to be outstanding. Garcia's got to continue to be outstanding and have continued to be hot. Because Garcia, you saw Seager in game seven hitting that big home run. And then Garcia, just unreal. Four home runs and 12 RBIs in the last three games. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. He's been an absolute monster. These last three games. So if those guys stay high, I think the Rangers are going to be in really good shape. Uh, number two, Montgomery and shirt. Montgomery and uh, Evaldi, the ex-Yankees and Red Sox, got to keep anchoring the rotation. You know, Montgomery and Scherzer just keep anchoring the rotation. They've been really good all postseason. So if they keep doing that, the Rangers will be in good shape. And then number three, uh, their bullpen still has to be really good. They really had one slip up all postseason with that game five against the Astros. It looked like it might cost them the series, but – they really had one slip in the postseason. Aroldis Chapman has pitched really, really well being the setup man there. So, I know. Aroldis Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, all of our all of our players yeah. are doing well in Texas. You know, thanks, Cashman. But, yeah, I mm. mean, just, uh, yeah, I think if all those things happen, I think that the uh, I think that the, that the that the Rangers have a really good chance to win their first World Series in franchise history. Yeah, for me, um, I get a couple of the same. So my first one as well is down to the rotation. I, you know, I need to talk, you know, hate about, um, you know, Valdi and Montgomery and those two kind of continue to pitch well. I'm going to go a step further and kind of saying, you know, who's going to be that third guy? Like Scherzer, you, you know, I know he's not the same guy. You love to get a good outing from him. I know they haven't, you know, used John Gray hasn't been used a ton here, but, you know, could he be, you know, they, they're like an Andrew Haney. Like they need a third starter here to pitch well. Um, they give themselves a chance here. My second one was also uh, Dolz Garcia that continues to say hi. I thought game five, you know, after that, after that, um, the bat flip there, which that was very unnecessary because that thing barely got out. Um, yeah. You know, I, 
after he got beamed in that scuffle, I was like, oh boy, he kind of woke up Houston, and I figured Texas was in trouble. Um, but he bounced, you know, he he uh he answered the bell, he answered the call there, and he was awesome. And yeah, he's got to continue to stay hot. And then number three for me is tape for the Rangers. Just take care of home field advantage. You lost all three, as you mentioned, at home. I know, you know, Arizona's not going to be a total hostile environment, but you still got to, you, you know, they've been so good on the road. You got to be a little bit better at home. And I think if Texas is able to do that, take care of business at home, I think they're looking in great shape here to, to win the World Series. Yeah, you brought up two, you know, that third starter. Scherzer definitely has to be better. He's got to be better if this team wants to win this World Series. I think Scherzer definitely has to be. They, they went out and traded for him. I know he's came off an injury, but they went out and traded for him. He's got to be better. And, yeah, they got to win at home. I mean, usually you don't win a series when you lose three straight games at home, so they definitely got to win at home. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, is that the first time? I didn't think about looking this up. No, is this it like was the, the first 2020, time every road 2019 team? World Series. 2019, the Astros. It was actually the Astros. They lost, yes. they lost every home game in that World Series. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, that, yeah, that's a go. I forgot about that. Yeah, that – okay, so, yeah, that's they're crazy. Yeah, Houston uh, – yeah, you sent a home. Yeah, that's your crap too. Yeah, they did blow six, game six and seven. Um, but yeah, taking care of business there. And Bruce Bochy, what a what a manager he is, man. I know. Just I that know. guy. That guy's a winner. I mean, if he if he wins another one, I mean, that's four championships. That's as many as Joe oh, Torre. As many as Joe Torre. Yeah. I mean, he's already yeah, a hall. Of fame. He's already clearly a hall of famer, right. but he's he's getting into maybe best manager, one of the one of the best managers to ever manage. I mean, four World Series. That's crazy. And this is a team that's been terrible the last. <laughs> Two to three years. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two years ago, it was was it Texas had sixty wins and Arizona so, yeah. had fifty eight wins. Yeah. Like yeah, like they you know Texas spent the money, but yeah, you know Bucci's come in because uh oh uh, what was his name last year that manager that guy was uh Woodward he was oh, well he yeah, was horrendous yeah. he was bad with the team so yeah Bucci's come in he's yeah he's he's definitely put himself in that category of like one of the best managers of all time he's done a heck of a job and. He's an old school guy too, you know. Like I, I think he kind of like old school baseball. They don't use a lot of analytics. I know. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the old the old schools kind of worked. Yeah, you know, I mean, Dusty Baker with the Astros. The old schools worked. You know, Dusty Baker's going to retire, but the old school has worked. I have to admit it. Yeah, it, it does. You know, like again, I get using some of the analytics, but there's too much. And then yeah, with like Arizona, they play a lot of small ball, and that that's been huge for them all year. So yeah, both these teams are kind of. More old school, which is great. But especially if like Arizona wins, maybe we'll see more teams go to small ball. But yeah, you know, it's been a great story, these two teams. I know Major League Baseball probably is not going to love the ratings, but look, I think it should be a good, fun World Series. It's two teams that you usually don't see here. And, you know, it, you know, hopefully it should be a fun series. I think the ratings will actually be higher than they normally would be because I think game seven had really good ratings between the Rangers and the Astros. I, that, yeah. I think the, I think the range, ratings will be, I think they'll be better because of the, new, the pace of play. And we'll see. This will be really the test if the pace of play works. In, in, in if, if it works, if the ratings are low, then the anti-pitch clock people have a point. If the rate, if this, if this is one of the highest-rated World Series that we've had, and it's these two teams, then the pitch clock people got to stop talking. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Or the you know, anti-pitch uh, clock people got to stop talking. Yeah, the anti. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it really hasn't. You really haven't felt that, like that big moment, like the that the pick talk has rushed things. I think you know the 18 seconds with guys on. I think it's been plenty enough time to kind of get that moment in. But uh, 
Hector's in on the Rangers in six here. Going with the Rangers in six. I, He's probably going to be excited. The World Series right. down in Texas. I mean, I wonder how long, how far does how, Hector, how far do you live from Arlington? I wonder how far he lives from Arlington. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's a Yankee fan, but he's probably, he might be rooting for his yeah. hometown team. With the, he might be rooting for the team uh, in Texas with the, with the Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I bet. Yeah, I bet. You know, it's got definitely a cool story down there. And yeah, you know, going back to the pitch clock stuff, I think it's um, yeah, I you know, it's been it's worked, and yeah, we'll see what kind of the ratings are. You know, it'd be great for baseball, and it helps too that Sunday's a travel day. Wow, 11, 11 and a half hours. That. Oh, oh, so he lives down near yeah, Waco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, oh, yeah, might, so, yeah. Is that 11? Is that, 11 is that and one and a half? half? Maybe that's one and a half. You that's, 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 that's one and a half hour. I think it's one, yeah, it's one, one and a half. half. It's one and a half. So he's only a, an hour and a half away from Texas. It's from uh, Texas. That's definitely his hometown team down there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that, it's going to be cool. A lot of media probably hooked down there um, for that team. So, yeah, definitely got to be a cool thing right now, right now down down to Texas. Um, but yeah, just to finish up there with the you know, pitch clock. So, yeah, I think it's been good for baseball. And I think, yeah, hopefully the Rangers are good. I think. Having the travel day Sunday where you don't have to fight for the NFL's, you know, with the NFL going to be on Sunday night as well, even though it's a bad game and maybe it would have helped baseball a little bit without poor of that game Sunday night's going to be. But, um, you know, I think that could help baseball too, that maybe it's a to Saturday. Because I don't think there's a ton of great college games there. It's not a ton. So maybe they, you know, that could that could help them as, as well down there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, it'd be very exciting to have the Rangers. But we'll move on to the to the National League champions with the Diamondbacks and what they need to do to win the series. And number one, they need Zach Allen to be better. They have they, they, the bullpen. One of the, the bullpen has bailed them out. Has really bailed this team out because really outside of Merrill Kelly, and I know I can't remember that, that guy's name. Pitching Game Three, so the P, the rookie oh, they have. Yeah, Fott. It's like Fott. Fott. Yeah, he he pitched really well in Game Three and it really helped him there too. But Gallon has got to be better. Zach Allen's got to be better in this series. If he's not better, there is no way the Diamondbacks win this series. He was not good in either start against the Phillies. Uh, n- number two, Walker's got to be better. And Carroll's got to hit like he did in game seven. And obviously, Marte's got to stay hot. If Marte stays hot, they'll definitely have a chance because he's been, could tell Marte's been hitting really well. But Christian Walker's got to start hitting, and Corbin Carroll's got to be more consistent. If, if th- those, those things need to happen, the Diamondbacks need a chance. And lastly, the bullpen has to continue to be great. How about that move getting Seawald? How about that move? Six for six and saves. Was... Six for six and saves. Great move. I think it's one of the, I think it might, might be the biggest reason why they're here. He's not blown a save all postseason. This bullpen has been phenomenal. They've not blown a lead all postseason. So this bullpen has been phenomenal. I think it's obviously one of the biggest reasons why they're in this in the spot they're in. So so those things are the things that need to happen if Arizona wants a chance to win their second World Series in franchise history. Yankee fans know very well their first World Series. Yes, and I heard this is the exact same seven games that this World Series was played. That it's it's the same dates as this is World Series in one Like the seven dates are the same. That's I don't know crazy. if that's coincidence. That's crazy, yeah, yeah, so yeah, maybe maybe some uh you know repeat there for the Diamondbacks. But um, yeah, my three my three keys. I got a couple of the same as yours. Yeah, with, I'll start with that bullpen you mentioned. Yeah, Seawall. That's been a huge addition and. You know, probably thought with the Mariners he was gonna have a shot to pitch in the ALCS and both series. I, you know, he probably didn't think it was gonna happen with Arizona, but it has. He's been awesome. And Kevin Ginkle, uh, you know, he was awesome too there in Game Seven. Shut them, shut the Phillies down in that lineup. Um, he's, you know, those guys, you know, Ryan Thompson as well, the former Ray, the side armor. Um, you know, he he's been pretty good out of the bullpen as well. So that Arizona uh, bullpen's been lights out there, and that was a lot of their problems early. You know. 
most of the season was their bullpen kind of struggled. They figured it out kind of in the month of September. Number two for me is play small ball, continue like game seven, move guys over, you know, um, you know, steal bases. Like this team was second, they had the second most stolen bases in the sport this year. You know, continue to use that to your advantage. Put pressure on the pitching staff. Put pressure on the defense and make a play. Um, you know, because errors happen. And, you know, they could kind of lead. You know, you can have a guy in third with nobody out, um, you know, after a single. So, I think for Arizona, they've done a great job of that. Because you saw it the Phillies. When the home run ball went away, they struggled. So, you know, I, you got to be able to hit clutch spots and move guys over. So, I think for Arizona, they got to continue to do that. Number three. It's kind of the same one as your first one there is is Zach, um, Zach Allen. He's got to be that guy that, you know, it looked like kind of the Cy Young candidate all year. Because um, you can argue he was probably their worst player during the, you know, hitter, pitcher, pitcher or batter. He was their worst player. Um, you can argue that in that in the NLCS against the Phillies. He's got to get back to being that lights out guy that we saw. Um, it's going to be a tough lineup, no doubt, against the Texas team. And the one meeting he had against me went, and this was in late August. He went six innings. He gave up one one run and seven hits and eleven strikeouts. So that was back in August. He had some success against them. We'll see what happens this time. But they need Zach Allen to be that ace um, to be able to knock off the Texas team. That's got a great lineup that could kind of put up a lot of runs very quickly. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So this, should, I think, this is going to be a competitive World Series. I'm going to take the Rangers in six. I think the Rangers have a deeper rotation and a deeper lineup, and that's why I'm going to go with them to win their first World Series. I got the Rangers in six. Who do you got winning it, Justin? Same as you. I got the Rangers in six. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, after what Arizona did, I thought they were going to swept. I can't, you know, I shouldn't count them out, but I think Texas is a little bit better than them. I think with Bochy and that experience, I think they uh, make up for what happened, you know, back in uh, what was that 2012? The Josh Hamilton bottom of the night there. Oh, 2011, um, just they absolutely collapsed there, and they're finally back here, and it's been a long time coming for them, and I think they get redemption from that, and they uh, they get number, they get their first one. Yeah, it should, should be, should, should be, should be an interesting World Series. Should be a very, very interesting World Series. Two teams we didn't expect to. I mean, one team we thought we, we thought yes. might get there, but the other one we definitely didn't expect to get there. So it should be a very, very interesting World Series. But that's going to wrap up this episode of Sports Talk with RNJ for Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. But we'll be back in 10 minutes to talk about, unfortunately, uh, a, a, a crazy story in college football, the Michigan science stealing scandal, the week in college football, and we'll give our NBA season preview. So make sure you tune in for that. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley... He's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. 
and great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting CloverCrestMedia.com. 